Pray with me. Father, thank you for this opportunity to, to reflect on your word, to hear your call today as we consider the life of Abraham these next few weeks and as we look at the things that you asked of him and even more surprisingly, the things that you promised him. Now let us take it to heart and uh, not be afraid of anything that we'll lose because our greatest joy is in finding you. Now be with us, in Jesus' name, amen. So thanks again to our impact team from Valley. I'm going to let you guys go ahead and sit down. Uh, before we get started here, just wanted to remind you, we have this insert in your service folder. Um, on the one side is the sermon outline. I, I hope you'll find that especially helpful today. Uh, that's a spot where you can kind of follow along with where we're at. Also take some notes, maybe some, some thoughts that you have as, as we're going through the message. If you're not the type of person that really likes to do that, you don't really like writing things down, maybe today just try it and uh, see if it, it maybe benefits you more than you thought. Um, on the other side is our connect points where we have discussion questions on the topic of what we're talking about today, uh, some, some passages from other people that God has called, and uh, just an opportunity to reflect throughout the week. So I would encourage you to, to take that with you, take it out of your service folder, uh, take it home and make use of that. So today uh, we're beginning four weeks where we're going to be focusing on Abraham, uh, one of the most important figures in the Bible, in a series that I have cleverly titled, Abraham. In this series, we're going to be examining four key aspects of Abraham's life, kind of four um, monumental, pivotal moments. Um, So today we're going to look at the call, Uh, then we'll be talking about, over the next few weeks, the negotiation, the promise, and the test. Uh, So today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 12, and the call that God places on Abraham as he asks him to go far away from home uh, to a far away, strange and, and new land. So, think about this for a minute. Have you ever been far from home? Uh, we probably all have in, in one way or another. Um, I know I've shared before that for Emily and, and me, we know a little bit of what that's like uh, being here in Michigan while pretty much all of our family um, is out in Oregon. Now, I don't want to overplay that, and I don't even really have a, a need to complain because, you know, God's called us here. Uh, Frankenmuth feels more like home than anywhere else. And uh, in today's day and age with FaceTime and, and Facebook and, and airplanes and things like that, it's, it's a lot easier to be far from family than it used to be. But it still is tough every now and then. And our most recent trip out to Oregon, which was just these past two weeks, uh, really highlighted that for us. So it was supposed to be a, a relatively smooth trip from, from Flint to Chicago to Portland, but it ended up involving an extra hour on the tarmac for our first flight, and then just an hour before landing in Portland, finding out that we were being diverted to Oakland, California, because Portland's airport was shut down because of ice and snow on the runway, and Seattle had already taken too many planes. So then uh, we get to Oakland, and we have a three-hour wait in line uh, to rebook our flight. And then uh, after that, after promising our three-year-old a hotel room, um, (laughs) we learned that all of the hotel rooms in the Bay Area, and I think all the state of California pretty much, um, 
had no room in the inn, so we got to make a hotel room uh, in the Oakland airport and spend the night there with our three-year-old and our one-year-old. Um, and throughout all of this, we went, uh, well, Emily and I went without sleep for 26 straight hours, may have been a little bit more, but things are a little fuzzy for us. Um, it, was a, it was really the closest that our family, I think, has come uh, to feeling like we had no one in a strange place. We didn't know the lay of the land, and we were met with indifference and, and even hostility from others who were just out for themselves. We didn't know what the future held for us, at least not the immediate future. Thanks be to God that the next day uh, we met a, a kind agent who helped us a great deal who was actually named Deo, uh, and I don't think it was a coincidence that his name means God in Latin, uh, and I told him that, and he kind of chuckled about it. Uh, and then some friends of ours were able to host us for our second night in California uh, before we finally got on the plane and made it to Oregon two days late. So all in all, it was a very trying experience. Uh, it helped us to truly understand what it feels like to be far from home. Well, of course, you know, you're away on vacation, but you're thinking about what's, you know, coming up ahead and, and preparing things. So, of course, throughout all of this, I'm thinking of this, this sermon series coming up. And um, it dawned on me that this is exactly the kind of situation in our reading from Genesis today that God is calling Abraham to willingly place himself into. Now, it was a big ask, for sure. Actually, in ancient times, it wasn't unusual. uh, (laughs) And she's still kind of having a rough time after that whole experience in Oakland. Um, In the ancient world, it, it wasn't, you know, there were a lot of people that traveled all over the place and traded and stuff, but the majority of people, it wasn't unusual for them to never travel more than 20 miles from where they were born. And so uh, God is calling Abraham to, to this life of, of a nomad, of, of this wanderer. And so as we heard today, God says to Abraham, go. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. In other words, leave everything you know behind, everything, and go not to the specific place that, that you know about. Go to this land that I'm going to show you. Now, in the previous chapter in Genesis, we learned that Abraham is originally from this place called Ur, uh, which is a, just a great name, right? It's uh, kind of unusual, like, like Frankenmuth, but it's a lot faster to write when you're you know, making out a letter or something. Uh, but he was from Ur of the Chaldeans, which was um, a city on the, the west bank of the Euphrates River in Babylon, which was a seat of, of the worship of the Mesopotamian moon god who is ironically named Sin. And so this is where Abraham comes from, and and God will later remind him in chapter 15 that that this is how far God has called him from his homeland that he knew so well. God is calling Abraham out of his comfort zone to a brand new and scary place where he has no one, where he doesn't know the lay of the land, and where he will be met with indifference and even hostility from people who are just out for themselves. So I want to ask you today, what is your Ur of the Chaldeans, your comfort zone, your home base from which God is calling you out into the world? For Simon and Andrew, it was a fishing boat. For Saul, it was the law of the Torah, the traditions of the Pharisees. 
But Simon would become Peter. Saul would be called Paul. And as we're going to talk about a little bit more in a couple of weeks, Abram becomes Abraham. All of these guys, and and you too, have been called to, to leave comfort and familiarity behind to follow and trust in God. So what is your Ur of the Chaldeans? Maybe it's a place where you're a bit too comfortable, whether it's a physical location or a stage of life that you're in or or the current status of your relationships with other people. Maybe God's asking you to broaden your horizons, to to burst out of the the Frankenmuth bubble and go serve people on the outside, to step into a new role in your life with new opportunities for for loving others and, and witnessing to kind of rethink some of the relationships that you have and, and develop a deeper connection with somebody that God's placed in your life. Or maybe your Ur of the Chaldeans is a wretched, miserable place where you've never truly felt at home. Maybe it's a place of, of idolatry and sin like, like Abraham's was. Maybe it's a place of sorrow or of low self-esteem. Though the journey may be long and, and difficult, there is a better land. God's calling you there. And with God's calling comes a promise and a blessing. God's call to Abraham in, in verse 1 is followed by these words in verses 2 and 3. Could we read these together? I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I was looking at my my sermon from a few years ago when we talked about Abraham when we were going through the story. Um, And I I said in that message that that depending on how you count these, there are are really kind of six promises here. Um, In a couple of weeks, we're going to be unpacking this promise and, and really talking about the, the significance of it, how, how shocking and, and powerful it truly is, um, and watching to see how God fulfills it. But for now, um, in Genesis chapter 12, at the beginning of Abraham's trek, God is basically promising to, to be with him in everything that he's asked him to do and everywhere that he's asked him to go. God has a habit of doing that, uh, promising to go with his people uh, when he sends them somewhere, he did it for, for Moses and for Joshua, for Gideon, for David, for Peter, for Paul. And he does for you, too. As God calls you to go forward in faith, whatever that may look like in your personal situation, he promises to go with you. He promises that his, that his blessings are going to follow with you and, and sustain you and, and strengthen you and inspire you. So, This is God's call. This is God's promise. This is God's blessing. What's Abraham's response? Well, it's it's a response of immediate trust and obedience. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. No argument, no prevarication, just an immediate response to faith. This 75-year-old man packs up his family, gasses up, and heads out. The writer of Hebrews reflects on this. We heard these words just a few minutes ago. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land. Not knowing where he was going. Abraham didn't have MapQuest. He didn't have GPS. He didn't have a smartphone. He didn't even have a set destination. God just said, go. Would you have gone? Well, Abraham did. But as he begins his journey... It's still not entirely clear where he's headed. So Abram stops at at Shechem. Let's see. Can we get that verse up there? Just die on me. Cool. Abraham didn't have these remotes to deal with either, which is maybe a plus. So Abraham sets out. He's been told, just go. Not really told where. Just says, you know, I'll, I'll show you. And so he goes, and, and it's kind of clear he, he doesn't really know exactly where he's supposed to be going. Uh, he's traveling. Uh, he goes into the land of Canaan, the promised land, but as, as he gets there, he stops at, at all these places along the way. So he stops at Shechem. He stops in the hill country by Bethel. Um, he ends up journeying down south, kind of south of Canaan, into the land of the Negev. Now, each of these places are going to have special significance for the people of Israel in, in you know, years to come. But for now... For Abraham, all they really are are stops along the way on a long and winding journey. Does that sound like your life? A long and winding journey where you're, you're not always sure exactly where you're going? Well, where are you right now? Maybe you've just set out on your journey, uh, whether it's the journey of life or, or the journey of faith. Maybe you've been at it for, for a long time. You know, what, what stops have you made along the way? Where what have you encountered? What, what has God brought you into or, or maybe brought you out of in your spiritual life? What sins are you wrestling with right now? What sins have you overcome? God, God leads us to, to all these different places in our lives, and, and we don't really know what it's going to look like. You know, I suppose maybe your life looks like you kind of thought it would, but, but I'm guessing in the most cases it doesn't. You know, like Abraham, we, we can't see the future. We don't know exactly where God is leading us. But did you notice what Abraham does at every single stop along the way? He worships. He renews his trust in God's promises and blessings, and then he keeps on going. That's what we're here to do today. As we do that, uh, I'd invite you to ask yourself, am I worshiping God no matter where I find myself right now? Am I acknowledging his presence? Am I coming regularly to receive the, the word that he wants to speak to me, to receive the blessings that he gives me in the sacraments? Am I living a life that honors him, even if I'm not always sure exactly what I'm doing or, or where I'm going? You know, Abraham struggled with all of this stuff just like we do, and over the next few weeks, we're going to see plenty of Abraham's mistakes. But even more we will see God's faithfulness. The best example of God's faithfulness is found in his son, Jesus. You see, Jesus was sent on a journey too. He left behind the glories of heaven to go to a land that had been corrupted and and broken and, and ruined by our sin. He came down to a place where he was met with indifference and hostility from a planet full of people who were just out for themselves. You now, like Abraham, Jesus goes wherever the Father sends him. No argument, no prevarication. 
But unlike Abraham, he fully knew his destination. An old rugged cross, just outside the capital city of Abraham's promised land. Jesus knew that his his mission was to die. Jesus knew that leaving behind the, the glories of his heavenly throne meant disdain and derision and death. Would you have gone? Jesus did. And he did so because he knew that leaving behind his heavenly throne meant all of that, but it also meant rescue and restoration and resurrection for us. He knew that it meant an end to our hopeless wanderings throughout this life. He knew that it meant bringing a new and eternal home for all who would leave their family and their hometown and their nets behind and follow him. The really incredible thing about all of this is is that Abraham saw this. In John chapter 8, which we'll be looking at in more detail in a couple of weeks, Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day He saw it and was glad. The writer of Hebrews says that Abraham died in faith, not himself receiving the fullness of the promises that were yet to come, but but seeing them and greeting them from afar. He acknowledged that he was a stranger and an exile on the earth, and, and he longed for a better country that is a heavenly one. Do you? Do you ever feel like, like a foreigner in this world, like you're far from home? I just read an article a couple of days ago that, that a bunch of my friends, mostly friends from seminary, you know, pastors now have been sharing about how we, they feel, and, and I kind of resonated with this too, feel politically homeless in the country today. You, do you feel that too? Maybe some of you feel way out on the edge, maybe some of you feel right at home, but, but a lot of us are, are kind of left in the middle you know, there are, are certain issues that are very clear in God's word that we, we have to take a stand on, and maybe they're over here, and then there are other issues that are over here, and some people expect you to kind of stay over here, and some people expect you to be over here, and, and I think God's word doesn't always line up with one end or the other, and not just in politics, but, but in life in general. How often do you feel like, like you're just not at home with the way things are in this world or, or in this life? You know, if you feel that way, you just might be doing things right. It means that you're longing for the coming of, of Jesus, that you're longing for the day that your wanderings in this foreign land will give way to an eternal homecoming into the heavenly city prepared for you by God. What a day that will be. Imagine that how the original settlers here in Frankenmuth must have felt uh, when they finally landed here. In this Saginaw Valley, you know, they had traveled across the Atlantic Ocean. They'd, they'd gone up the Mississippi River, you know, traversed the, the plains of the great American Midwest. And then they finally arrived, and, and they were able to settle down and, and build homes and, and a, a church slash parsonage slash school. And, and, you know, finally live out the new life that God was giving them here. Imagine our family's relief, and maybe mine in particular, when the wheels touched down in Portland and we knew that we had finally made it. Imagine what it will be like when that eternal promised land, the new Jerusalem, comes down to us from heaven as foretold by Revelation. 
city that gleams with the light of God's own presence, where there will be no more homelessness or wandering ever again. The message of the New Testament is that this promised city is now arriving. It's not fully here yet. That will come when, when Jesus returns in glory, but, but it is already well on its way. It began at the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus where heaven and earth began to meet. It's alive in the hearts of the children of Abraham who trust in the promises and the blessings won for us by Jesus. And its eternal arrival is as sure as the promises made to Abraham by the God who sent him on his way and has sent us on ours. And that God is not ashamed to be called our God because he has prepared for us city. So, brothers and sisters, as we continue on our God-given journey, let's go out from here today with the faith of Abraham and with the promises and the blessings of God until we all arrive together in that better country. Amen. Next week, uh, we continue our our journey with Abraham, and we're going to be talking about the negotiation where Abraham kind of goes toe-to-toe with God uh, for the sake of, of two corrupt cities and, and the well-being of his nephew. So hope you can join us for that. In the meantime, may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard your hearts and your minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.